episode 21 Halo podcast. Both of us started carrying some resentment and hiding some places of our life, and it was hard to just be honest with each other. And through tears on the phone, kind of like, this is all what I've been holding in, and I'm just going to it all out there. And it was a hard, honest conversation, yet just what we needed. Welcome to Hey Love, engaging the introverted woman in soul care, spirituality, and social spaces. Here, it's all about relationships. Hey Love, I was reminded to tell you who I am every single week. I keep forgetting to do that, so I'm going to try to say it during the opening every time that I am your host, Carthy Masters. So there you have it. Welcome. As I said in our intro, this podcast is all about women and their relationships. In fact, I'm going to read you a review right now to give you an idea. This is from Walk Connection. I listen while I'm exercising. I often find myself chuckling at times or feeling heartbroken at others. As I hear these insightful women sharing their real-life experiences, I've tucked away nuggets of wisdom from these podcasts and look forward to hearing more in the future. Thank you, Walk Connection. Last week, we listened to part two of Michael Easley's interview, and it was a doozy. If you haven't caught that one yet, go back and grab it. We'll wait right here. You don't necessarily have to listen in order, but you'll you'll hear him making references from part one here and there. And if you have any type A in you like I do, listening to part one first might make your listening experience to part two a more enjoyable one. In that last episode, 20, I mentioned my sweet friend, Christy, who led me in a prayer of salvation when I was a freshman in high school. Well, you know, I'd been trying to track her down, but I can't find her. If you know Christy in your town whose maiden name is Ludwig, please send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. My Christy is from Joplin, Missouri. That might sound familiar to you because that's the town that pretty much got swept away by that tornado a few years ago. I also told you in that episode that my best friend, who happens to be my husband, had the honor of playing keys in the house orchestra for the inauguration last week. I was so proud and scared and mixed about the whole thing. It all seemed surreal. But if you were one of the many who joined me in praying for all that, I sure appreciate your prayers for his safety and that of all those involved. It takes a whole lot of people and manpower to make something like that happen. And from what I saw, um, you know, of course, I was at home watching the whole thing in my PJs. It went off without a hitch. It was really beautiful. I was really anxious about the protests and the tension for weeks before, especially Thursday and Friday. I was having major anxiety attacks. But once I started getting pictures of Blair, he was texting me pictures from the stage during rehearsal. I knew that it was all going to be okay. Just knowing that he was having a good time, that really helped me relax. Several of his good friends were invited to be part of the band too, so Nashville was representing big time. There was Dave Cleveland, Dan Needham, Gary Lunn, Carrie Marks, Jason Eskridge, Jason Webb, Nikki Conley, Aaron Boehm, and Jim Gray. Woohoo! Shout out to all you guys. Great job. What an honor! the opportunity of a lifetime. It was so cool seeing that there were protesters standing at the parade with their signs peacefully alongside supporters. There they were, side by side. It was really a powerful image to me. I'll never forget it. And the name of our Lord was lifted up so many times during the ceremonies and the prayers. And then seeing the transfer of power from the previous president to the new, the pageantry and the tradition and the coming together in unity, I don't know. It's It was also touching and meaningful, maybe even more so now that we've had all this tension in our land. And maybe it's maybe it's just that I'm getting older. You know, once you get to 50, it's like you can't help but get teary at those things. No matter how old you are and no matter where you stand on things, America is still beautiful. I am so thankful for this country. Well, I promised you that uh, after we laid a good foundation of truth for for a few shows, we were going to get back down to some girly girl interviews, get down to business. Not that men are the only ones who can tell the truth, not at all, but I felt it was important to have some fatherly, pastorly, shepherdly men lay down some of the groundwork for us. 
So today, I'm talking with a friend of mine from my sweet Nashville town that you will find delightful, I'm sure. Paige Stroop is the director of women's ministries at my church, and she has one of those smiles that can launch a thousand ships. No kidding. I'm going to post her pictures on my Instagram because she has this permagrant on her face. I don't think I've ever seen a picture of her not smiling. I don't know that I've ever seen her not smiling. Her permagrin is absolutely contagious no matter what's going on in your world. I could be talking to her about just anything and I feel a little bit lighter and breezier. She just makes me chuckle a little bit every time. I don't know how she does it. Paige and I like reading the same kind of books on leadership and women's issues and Bible studies and stuff. So we have this funny tradition. It's, I guess we would call it an unbook club because we don't want to make any kind of commitment to meeting more than once. So, you know, she initiated this thing where we just got together and discussed this one book um, and just picked it all apart and had a blast. And then, you know, we discussed another book. And I think it's going to be kind of an ongoing thing, but we're not going to say that. We're not going to say it's a book club. <laughs> we're just going to say, hey, you want to meet and talk about this one book? That's it. That's all we can give up right now. Both our schedules are kind of crazy with her being a big women's director and all and me being a big podcaster. Can't make that kind of commitment, you know. Paige is married to Zach, and they have two of the cutest little toe-headed boys I've ever seen. What does that even mean, toe-headed? Some of the terms my white friends use just crack me up. Eric Hoffman, the executive pastor at our church, he has a few of those toe-heads, too. I just stare at these little blonde children all the time. Ever since I first came to this country, I just can't help myself. I remember thinking when I just stepped off the boat— Actually, it was British Airways, I believe. I remember thinking, those kids are not real. They just can't be real. They're like living dolls. So cute. The blonde-haired ones with the blue eyes always just blow my mind. I can't even imagine what it would be like to have one of those. I would just stare at the child the whole time. Paige mentions a study Eric wrote in her interview, and if you're intrigued by it, go back and listen to his story. That's Eric Hoffman, episodes 17 and 18. Today, Paige and I are going to touch on a personality quiz that I sent her. And if you'd like to take it, I would love to get that to you. Please write me on Facebook or Instagram, and I'll send that right out. We also talk today about how Jesus helped Paige see that his invitation to her was very personal, just as it is to you and me, every one of us. Only God could do this. Only God could say that we are each the apple of his eye. Paige is also going to talk about what baptism means, and she's going to tell us about a couple of women who helped shape her character early in life and how that ignited a passion for women's ministry. I'm going to ask her about her favorite room in her house and what she'd like said at her funeral. Nice little light-hearted conversation. No, it's not going to all be heavy. Paige is great at play, in fact. And when she runs, she talks about how her mind is finally able to rest while her body is in motion. It makes me think about, maybe for a split second, about taking up running. Nah, I'm not going to do that. We also discuss idols and how honest confrontation done in love with someone can actually increase intimacy in a relationship. I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. Paige is going to start off by telling us about some sweet memories she holds near and dear from her childhood. Every summer, we'd wake up in the morning, we'd pack up our lunches, and we'd go down to the neighborhood pool before it even opened and we'd have our swim lessons like sister would have her swim lessons and I would have my swim lessons my littlest sister Brittany was in the pack and play underneath the little like cabana and then the pool would open at 10 and our friends would come and we would just stay all day long like our like mentors or like big sisters were the lifeguards for the summer So I've realized now that my boys are at this stage and how much I cherish like the quality time and the interactions with other neighbors Mm. and just a kid getting to play and use all of their energy possible outside. That's great. Has taken me back to how significant day after day after day, spending every day at the pool of the summer. What a sweet childhood memory that was. You know, we'd go home at four, have dinner and go to bed. 
you know, and so Such I just, those fun. cool days as a, as a kiddo, I think are a sweet, cherished memory. And do you like camping too? I do. You do? I, it, it has grown. I'm an out, <laughs> like I love doing outdoors and I love being active, but I, my family never camped. Yeah. Once I married a park and recreations major, then like our relationship started. We actually met each other going climbing outside, oh, like climbing rock so walls. Fun. So I've become a full fledged that's great camper. And I bet you have all the good gear. Yes. Like that makes a difference. My husband already had two of everything when we got married. Nice. Just because he was loves camping so much. Wow. <laughs> So we and got your the gear. boys probably love it. They do. Oh. We're we're not quite in the sweet spot of camping yet. Uh-huh. A one year old not doesn't necessarily sleep in a tent, mm. um, but we're looking forward <laughs> to those days. Yeah. Paige, you said something about when you were at the pool, you had mentors. You already were doing mentors. It, I would say it was an older adult that oh. I looked up to that wasn't my mom or dad. That's great. Wasn't even within the church. Wasn't even. And a small group or intentional or a coach, but I just remember looking up to those. That's amazing. So they weren't like necessarily even babysitters. No, they were just, they were the lifeguards, but they just got to know us, you know, that they were our friends. Sounds like a great little community. It was. It was a neat community. And where did you grow up? Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri. Did you say there was a suburb of Kansas City? So we, growing up, I was in a suburb, Gladstone, and I never thought it was a cool place to live when I was growing up. But now that I've moved away, I'm like, okay, that was actually a pretty cool city. Describe your favorite room in your house. So at this season of life, it is the office. Mm. And it's, it's not, I am, I'm an extrovert. I'm a relational, love to be around people, energized with people, always with people. But in my season of life right now with a four and a one-year-old in ministry with people all day long, yes. I'm with people from... 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Wow. And so my office is one place where I've put a tiny bit, a little bit extra of mm. making it a little bit of a sacred spot. Mm. And it's if I can get up and beat the boys up before they wake up, it's where my time with the Lord is, mm. a little jump start and some work. And Great. then in the evenings, it's kind of just the quiet, still place that always feels a little bit cleaner, doesn't have all the clutter and toys oh, around that my goodness. husband and I end up like, debriefing the day and talking and that kind of thing so do you have any particular line of office products that you love from staples or office depot or do you have a theme in your office or what's it what does it look like that's a good question (laughs) it's really just simple like it's got a bookshelf where most of the books end up coming off honestly by the one-year-old calling around um it's got a a table a fun chair, a TJ Maxx chair. Okay, so TJ Maxx would probably be my place of accessorizing. Nice. I love everything I've ever gotten at TJ Maxx. Mm-hmm. Canvases on the wall of the of the kiddos, like it's so it's where our newest canvases of the family are, mm. um, and then just a simple cha- gray chair. It's a little, so it sounds really clean. It's clean and simple, and not a whole lot to it. And I love that you said there's no clutter. It just sounds like ah, this is a sacred space for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you have that. Who was one woman who helped shape your character? Can I talk about two? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll start with my mom. Like, she is the most dedicated, sacrificial, giving, just passionately loving person I know. And the way that she, she just was an all-in-it mom. The way that she loved us, was present with us, there for us on the sideline of every soccer game, throwing the best birthday parties around, having our friends over (laughs) all the time. Like she just loved us so much and gave everything of her life for us, but then has continued to be there for me in a healthy, like way to let me grow and mature into my own self, but always still been there. And now she's friend, but now she's the way that she was for me as a mom, now she's that way for my kiddos. Wow. And That's all so in cool. when they're there and just loves having them there and giving everything she can for them now. And so... What a blessing. She just abundantly loves all in. Mm-hmm. And so she's definitely one of those. And then another one that comes to mind... That's not in my life right now, but in a key part of high school, when you're looking for other influences in life besides just mom and dad, there was a woman named Lois Hester. Mm. She was just hung out with 
some of the girls in our student ministry, and she really showed me what it looked like to pursue, to be intentional. She had, would have me over to her front porch, lived on this farmland, and just cared about my life and was probably one of the women that really showed what it looked like to mentor and pursue and disciple other people. And so she's another one I feel like that molded and shaped some key parts of, of who I am today. And where did you meet her? Her, they went to church with us. Okay. Her son was in our youth group, so he was kind of one of my friend groups. But she, as a mom, just kind of came in and and took some of the girls in our student ministry together. And she pursued you, or you pursued her? She pursued me, wow. for sure. Very sweet. Mm-hmm. Every girl needs yes a Lois, especially wow. in those middle school, high school, when mom and dad aren't quite as cool. Yeah. <laughs> We don't want to have anything to do with them, somebody basically. else can say the same thing, but if it's oh, not man. mom and dad saying it and no somebody doubt. else speaking it, then it it actually soaks I in a little bit. Remember, my daughter, there were so many times when I would tell her something and she would hear almost word for word, like it could be a, a friend's mom or a lady on the radio, a perfect stranger in Kroger, and she would say, "You know, I think I'm going to do blah blah blah," and I was like. I have been telling you that mm-hmm. for dang. She couldn't hear me. I was like the adult in the Peanuts cartoon. She couldn't hear a word I was saying. Okay, so Paige, tell me, what do you hope that a friend might say at your funeral? Oh my gosh, that question. <laughs> so, you know the really funny thing about that question is it's been a conversation a little bit in my household lately between my husband and I. Really? He was reading a book and in this group of men that were writing kind of what it is that they would hope someone would say at their funeral. Whoa. Um, so it's been kind of a topic of conversation, <laughs> you know? And one of the ideas, Great. this is not answering the question, but one of the things that's kind of come up a little bit as we've processed through this is... What is it that I want people to know me for? But then is that of naturally how God has made me or of my performance and how I want people to perceive me? Great question. So I've like as we've been talking about a little bit, it's created this like rub like is what I would hope they would say truly in how God has made me or in like this is my false self that I want everybody to think of who Paige is and how huh. Paige is. And these are the important parts of my life. And I hope this is what they remember. Um, and I would say, depending on the years of the growth of my life, it's looked very different. Yeah. You know? That's very honest. Um, but I, what I would hope is that my relationship with the Lord and with my husband and with my kiddos and with my friends... Um, and my family members outside of just my immediate family that I abundantly love them in the way that the, the Lord has loved me and that, that the love's Lord for me has, has, has shown through in the way that I've, I've gotten to love and live life mm-hmm. with all of those people. Um, Beautiful. That would Great be the way. most important. I'm sure there'd be other fun things that come up, but that would be... Your smile will come up because you have <laughs> one of those smiles that really lights up the place, I've told you. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely true. So, Paige, what is your favorite Bible study of all time? I, I think for me, what is always interesting about every Bible study I've done is that it's what the Lord wanted to reveal to me in that season of life. And so I don't know if it's necessarily like this was the best one at this time or this was the best one. Like if I would tell you right now, it'd be the one I just did mm. because it's where the Lord has, has stirred and grown and done the most work right. in my life. But if you would have asked me three years ago, I would have said this Bethmore study, or I would have said this precept study, or I would have said, because it's like, whatever the Lord has just been stirring and growing in me is what is impacting my life the most Mm. today. So good. So it's a little bit of favoritism because it's what the one I just did. Well, and it's true because the Bible is living and active. Mm -hmm. And so you could do the same study every year and it would be almost different. Right. You could get... You could pull different things out every time. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I totally get that. So which is the one that you just did? So the one that I've just gone through is becoming a wholehearted disciple. Um, yeah. That has been a part of the discipleship training at Fellowship Franklin. 
Yes. It was written by one of our pastors, Eric Hoffman. Yeah. And so, again, it met me right where I was in life. And it took the gospel and helped it take root a little bit deeper in my heart and not just in my mind and helped me see some places in life that I knew the gospel, but it was not necessarily how I was living out my life. And Mm. so many places of old patterns or performance or in my own strength or trying to fix it that I was living Mm. instead of broken, surrendering, and just submitting and wanting the Holy Spirit and the Lord Mm. to direct and be the focus of all areas of my life Mm -hmm. and not just certain ones. Can you give one example for my listener who's trying to figure out what does that mean to really let the Holy Spirit live through my life and Mm -hmm. direct me? Mm -hmm. What's one area that you really saw that happen? So a big one for me is... Asking the Lord to help me please Him first in my everyday life. Mm. So a, hard, a big a struggle for me, an idol, however you want to name it, is people pleasing. Wanting yeah. to make sure everybody's happy. Wanting to make sure everybody likes me, and that mm-hmm. I don't do anything to to ruffle anybody's feathers. Totally. You know. And so once I once I came to realize is if I'm truly trusting the Lord and making it all about Him that with the Holy Spirit's guidance and walking with Him daily, I could maybe say a hard thing to a friend and I could leave a conversation and she not be okay with me and it's going to be okay because God is so much bigger than what I am capable of. So healthy. Or my fear and and talking to a group of women and how are they going to perceive me and are they going to like me? What do they care if I'm walking with the Lord and how the Spirit is leading me? Mm. It doesn't necessarily matter. With the Spirit, I'm not here, you know. To, so freeing. So freeing. And so I just started to realize so many areas, and in my family, the way that I had to make sure that everybody was okay and I was making everybody's needs. Mm. But to realize that I asked the Lord first to meet their needs, and then He uses me in the ways that He wants to, instead of carrying the weight of, like, it's my job to make sure everybody's yeah, happy, happy and everybody's okay. Oh, that's great. So that's when I have to continue to ask the Lord every day, like, to help me come to real realization where it is I'm walking in my own flesh and where I need to ask the spirit to come and help me. So good. Day to day. I need Mm -hmm. to practice that more. What do you wish you could tell the 20 year old version of yourself about relationships? (laughs) So you're, you're do try this at home. I'm sorry, but to try this at home. Yeah, that would be your do try this at home. Probably the thing that he has taught me the most since that season of life where I'm like, I wish you would have taught this to me then. Yeah. Is and I'm I'm gonna say that I'm borrowing this from a friend of mine, not a friend, an author, but I want to be my friend, Shauna Nyquist. Oh, I love her stuff. And if I would describe so what I would tell my twenty twenty year old self version is to be able to be present over perfect in all my relationships. That's brilliant. That is exactly mm. what I just long for and what is so much more important in relationships is to be able to be all there and not make sure my day is perfectly aligned or that I've perfectly answered every text message or every phone call or every email or am at the right place at the right time, but just being able to be present in who I am and where the Lord has me than necessarily getting all of life perfect. So good. That's a great title too. Can you tell me what is your style of relating? Did, did you get a chance to look at that quiz? Did I send it to you? You did. <laughs> you did. Okay, so you're gonna have to give me my yeah, choices. Easy breezy, people pleasy. You've already hit that one. There or we go. Mighty spidey, always righty, or party girl, or saboteur. So I'm definitely the easy, easy breezy, ple- people pleasy. Yes. <laughs> and um, I should read the redeemed side of that sheet. You know, maybe I'll read that after I after we're done recording today, but. You know, just to encourage you, it's like that is such a common answer. Mm-hmm. So many people struggle with people pleasing, mm-hmm. and our own one of our pastors called it approval suck, and yeah. I thought that was such inappropriate because you know I, when I was at the height of my codependency and approval sucking, it was like I, I did I felt like a leech just hanging on to a person, mm-hmm. trying to get something that I could only get from a holy God. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was putting this person in a position that was just not, they were not capable of ever giving me what I needed. So mm-hmm. I love his term, approval suck. Mm-hmm. That's so good. <laughs> when did you first know you were in need of grace? 
So your conversion story, how Jesus captured your heart. Mm. So I grew up um, going to church my whole life. My mom and dad loved the Lord, were guiding and teaching us about Him since the day I can remember. Mm. I remember, though, distinctly in, in seventh grade, as I was going to church, it changed from learning so much about these stories that happened in the Bible but that the God who is the creator of all of these and a part of, of orchestrating the Word of God mm-hmm. wanted to have a relationship with me. And it was literally the first time that I realized this is not about just learning about a book, but it's about learning about a God who loves me and wants to have a relationship with me. And a light bulb started to go off, and my heart started to turn And it was at the end of seventh grade Mm. that I was in Arkansas at this small little church at a good old youth retreat. Wow. And at one point during the retreat, they showed a video of the passion story of of what Christ did for us, what Jesus did for us on the cross. And it was at that moment that he came and just held my heart so tightly. Mm. And I realized for the first time that what... God did by sending his son Jesus to the cross and dying for me was done for me. It was not just done to make this mark in history and for the world, but it became personally and he spoke it like I did this for you because I loved you. Wow. Um, And tear strength. It was just an out of body experience that the spirit met me in. And mom of course was there, had come as a chaperone to the retreat. I think the Lord was stirring in her and knowing that, like it was such a time as this, oh. and so I got to go tell her like so I want to believe and I want to trust the Lord, and so I got to go pray with her. Mm-hmm. I'm in this little back closet of that Arkansas church with your mom, with my mom. What a treasure! So so special um, so and sweet. Great. And then it was right after that, um, a little bit a part of the tradition of the church, but also I believe out of obedience, I went home and and got baptized with with my family and Whoa. with my whole church community and a pool in a friend's backyard to just testify to everybody Love what Jesus that. had done in my life and my decision to follow him. So great. So how would you describe the significance of baptism? Hmm. Why was that important? Yes. So I grew up thinking um, from all, some of the traditions and background of the church I was in, that it was required for my salvation. Yeah. So in order to, I, I had trusted Christ, and so in order to truly be saved, I had to be baptized mm-hmm. as soon as possible almost. Mm. And I've, I've come to realize that importance of proclaiming um, what Christ did in my life through baptism is so important, mm-hmm. but it's not what saved me. Right on. And it's an it's an act of obedience, a chance to kind of tell everybody what God had already done in my life. So it's the Lord has used it to transform a little bit of of why it's important, but still such I still believe you know that time to be able to share with everybody yeah. what God done in my life whenever someone does it, Beautiful. whether it's the day that that they trust Christ or if it's a few years after, mm-hmm. you know. It's a such an important act of obedience. Yeah, just to a way to publicly profess mm-hmm. that inward um, transformation. Yeah. Sometimes I think of it like a wedding. Mm. Not the perfect illustration, but to get married to your husband, you could go to the courtroom and you could get the piece of paper and you would so be officially good. married. Yeah. But you have a wedding to be able to celebrate, to tell everybody. So it's like the reception. It's like the reception to celebrate what God has done. That's And just inviting everybody to celebrate one of the most important parts of your life. That is a great picture. I've never heard of it like that. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. You could write a book about that. You know, that's interesting, Paige, because you grew up in the church. And then at this little church meeting when you're in seventh grade is when you actually accepted Jesus. Mm-hmm. So for my listener who feels like, well, I've been a Christian all my life. I've been in church since I was born. There was, you're, it sounds like there was a marked day when you can say this, something changed in me. Mm-hmm. So can you tell a little bit more about that? Yes. And I'm thankful that the Lord orchestrated my story in that way. 
but I don't necessarily think it always plays out that way for everyone's story. Mm. I would say that piece. Mm. But I can see that as I was growing, he was maturing and growing in me, his love and his passion for me. Like planting a seed. Plant, yes. Yeah. Planting a seed. But I do think there's something, too, about a teenager and in that season of 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth grade, that there's a different level of maturity and development mm-hmm. where this truth that you've come to know in the adult mind that starts to grow and develop, it clicks in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with the Spirit's timing and then just how you start to develop and grow and where a teenager is, honestly. Mm-hmm. After lots of years of teenagers, walking with teenagers, I can see that there's it's a different level of awareness and being able to truly comprehend yeah. the incredible miraculous um what god has done for us Mm -hmm. and so it was in that seventh grade it was when the lord chose in my particular story but it had to do with his timing and the planting of his seeds and when he wanted to reveal that to me yeah and then you responded by you know it was almost like if he were at the wedding reception you know Mm -hmm. uh, extending a hand to you and you took his hand and Mm -hmm. said yes that was when it became personal for Mm -hmm. you So that's a beautiful story, salvation story. Mm. Share a recent redemption story, more recently, of a time that maybe you had to resolve a conflict or confront someone or forgive someone that maybe hurt you or betrayed you. What was that like? Mm. i got to think about which one I want to use for this. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. And how did you get a place, uh, this might help spur us, memory but how you got to a place of forgiveness when you felt hurt or betrayed Mm -hmm. if there was forgiveness so I would say a place that I felt God's redemption lately oh I don't know this one's hard the one I want to share I can't share yet (laughs) that's okay so I would say one story that the Lord has really shown me his redemption and the work that he can do in our lives and in relationships, even when it can look messy and not necessarily be easy, was with my sister um, as she's living in Africa right now. Um, we're very close, have such a tight relationship, but it's really hard to learn how to communicate and be sisters and be close friends when the internet is hard and when it's hard to connect, literally saying words to each other on the computer or on FaceTime or on a phone because of the service that she has there. And so through the physical barriers of space away and not being able to communicate and connect, Mm -hmm. there were some, some hard things that kind of started to go on in our relationship in the last few months and some misunderstandings and some places where I really wanted to walk deeply and know my sister and how she was and to be known by her. But it was so hard because of the, the physical parameters were keeping us from that. And so in, in that, both of us started carrying some resentment and hiding mm. some places of our life. And it was hard to just be honest with each other. Mm. But you also had a lot of grace because we're, she in such a hard place and 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 that she is serving in the middle of nowhere in Africa, wow. you know, and so wanting to have grace, but also wanting to, to walk authentically and honest with each other. And so there was one day on the phone where we were just carrying on a co- normal conversation, but with the spirit just stirring in my heart, this place where I could not avoid it and I could not keep mm. on the surface anymore. And he just took me to the depths of the water and said, let's dive and plunge into here. Wow. And through tears on the phone and many, many, many just honest and vulnerable, putting it all out there, kind of like, this is all what I've been holding in and I'm just going to it all out there. It took a lot of courage. We both, only with the Holy Spirit, because I wanted to just keep it in a nice and friendly conversation. I only get to talk to her once a week. Wow. We just had to put it all out on the table. Mm. And it was a hard, honest conversation. Mm. Yet, just what we needed. And when you have a relationship, especially with a sister or a close friend that has such trust Mm. and such deep love that is nothing could shake it. Wow. 
It's also so freeing. Cool. You can go there and not carry that and not stuff that and just put it out there and realize that there's areas that the Lord needs to reveal some light that we're both trying to hide in the darkness that we're both carrying. And we just needed to have an honest, open conversation with each other, no matter what the boundaries or limitations or misunderstandings or cultural differences were going on in our lives. That was so brave. And as soon as we go there, it's so easy to forgive each other because we want to love each other and we don't want to hold that wall up, but it was just so hard to really let the Spirit help us push through it. So would you say that as hard as it was to push through it, of course, with the Holy Spirit's help, he brought intimacy to your relationship? For sure. So even though you were close, like this took you to a whole new level, Mm -hmm. depth of Mm -hmm. intimacy. Mm -hmm. Such a great reward. And a place you don't even know how to go go to on your own. Totally. Or you even don't even realize what you're missing until you get back to that place in a relationship. So or go deeper in a relationship. Yeah. Now it's even better than maybe mm-hmm. it was before. And a good reminder, because we're still in a similar settings in of our life, to, to use that to remember what God's done in His faithfulness mm-hmm. and to be willing to go there again. Yeah. Because it's just because... Take that risk. Yeah. Just because it happened that way one time doesn't mean it won't happen again, but to use that God's faithfulness as a remembrance to... to if this is hard or if there's things that we just are missing each other on. Mm. Let's be honest and open and go there with each other. So great, Paige. Great word. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. When is the last time you felt joy from head to toe? Or passionate about something? That's good. The latest moment of joy head to toe, I may go back to the beach about a month ago. <laughs> really? We were at one of my favorite places in the whole entire world, at Stowe Island, South Carolina, just south of Charleston. Really? I've never heard of that. Well, it is a small, just beach like island. Like the best kept secret until yes. now, there. when all my three <laughs> listeners here hear this podcast episode and go there next summer. That's right. <laughs> all there is is two restaurants and a grocery store. So oh. if you like to go do anything fun on vacation, don't go to Edisto. <laughs> if you like to stay in your house and not leave for seven days and just wow. eat food, hang out with your family and go to the beach, then go to Edisto. That's awesome. That is my plug for Edisto Island. Did you have a view of the beach? We did. We were From right here. on the beach. We <gasps> yes. How nice. And the sweet, sweet spot in my heart for that place is the tradition and memories of going there for the last 10 years. Oh, you've been there every year for 10 We've years. We've been there at least once a year for the other every 10 years. My dad invested in a place then nice. realizing we were getting older as girls and not going to be traveling the country and going on vacations all these different places, but it's just a place <laughs> that would no matter where we were in life as we got married so and have kids that we would want to come him. back to. So I got engaged there. <gasps> I brought my son there as a 6-week-old. Oh. I've had Tons of friends, tons of family, just the, whoever we can that we always just bring together That's there. so great. So this year was a special year in that we got to have some of my husband's family and some of my family at the beach house together. Wow. All of my family couldn't come and all of his family couldn't come because of where everybody's at. So we got to have parts of both of our families come together. How beautiful. And realizing that these people would not be in the same house together if God had not taken our mm. stories and drawn us together mm. and to become a family, but because God chose us to become so one, great. these groups of people were all in one house, sharing life together. Oh. And seeing my five nephews and nieces run around with my two boys for mm. five, six days straight, I don't know if I've seen so much joy, and I don't know if it's because I was getting to sleep in because my boys were playing with my nieces and nephews, or that I actually got to sit on the beach because they were all playing in the waves oh, together, so great. or it was just sitting around a table with 16 people enjoying a shrimp boil together. So fun. So it was a really, really sweet, special week just Can to get away. Can you imagine what your dad felt like looking around? Was he there? He was. To be able to look around and see all those people, what it did to his spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh, what mm-hmm. a great memory. But I don't know if it gets much more joyful for me to be at the beach with my family, mm. having a little bit of rest, and just seeing so much laughter and smiles. 
Sounds divine. Yeah. Absolutely. It really was. It, and it could have not been. Not that all of those moments totally. are perfect and golden and glistening like the ocean <laughs> waves. I had it like, Lord, we are right. all broken people coming together in a big old house together. For a week. For a week. So there was some, some you know, Potential. awkward moments or tension at times, but not, I wow. mean, the Lord's sweet, That's abundant great. kindness was definitely over us that I'm week. so glad to hear that. I won't talk about the two and a half weeks of sickness we had when we came home. Oh, no. So it makes the week there even extra joyful. Yeah. So right right after you got home, you got everybody. We had two weeks of sickness. Bummer. I thought the seawater was supposed to, like, cure everything. Yeah. (laughs) It's not fair. No. Well, you sort of answered the question, what do you do for play? Like, what's your relationship like with yourself? I love that question. So I good. almost forgot to ask it. So, but when you talked about being at the beach, I thought, oh, I got to ask her about play. What do you do for play? So I love the beach. I love being outside. I love playing sports. Mm-hmm. Don't get to do that quite as much. But I would probably say my sweet spot of play right now, <laughs> you know, when just is to go on a run or a walk around the neighborhood, to put my headphones in, listen to worship music, watch the sunset go down. Oh. Because the boys are asleep, and just to be able to physically run, but mentally and emotionally just be with the Lord. That's such a great way to put it. Like, you're physically running, but it's like your mind is at rest. Mm-hmm. It's such it's a great one of my, way to... my favorite moments, and, mm. you know, truly refreshes me in all areas. Mm-hmm. Tell me what your favorite sport is. Soccer. Really? So I played soccer my whole life from the age of four years old through college oh. but now I play in the backyard with my son or so at the YMCA recreation fields so, so I still play now but it's more as quality time with my kiddos very than sweet. the competitive or you know the doing it for my own pleasure yeah but it is so fun so well Paige our last question what what are you working on now <sighs> a lot of things uh-huh. What's in the cooker? I would go towards work first. Uh-huh. You know, at, as as we're thinking towards this next year at Fellowship Franklin, and particularly now getting to build new community of women at just Fellowship Franklin. Since we're a newer campus, the campus has been growing, but now we're at this season where we get to really build, um, hopefully, a community and a discipleship within just the women there. Yeah. We'll have family opportunities and other opportunities as community groups and those types of things, but I'm particularly getting to focus and dream and pray and plan for what it looks like as women at Fellowship Franklin to grow in studying the Bible, grow in how our own personal relationship and walk with the Lord is, Mm. and then how do we grow and become equipped to to share that with others and Mm. be leaders that lead others um, to follow Jesus in his word and with his spirit and with his people and getting to dream of what that looks like to gather women together. And whether it's just coming together and connecting a new friend and that's where women are, whether it's, I really want to understand the Bible and how to study the Bible or if it's how can I develop and become in a place where I can lead other women to what God has done in my life. All different stages. Yeah. So getting to dream and plan and, and get ready for, for what that's going to look like this next school year. That's all so Ah, doesn't that all sound so heavenly? That picture she paints of her family at the beach, the long summer days at the pool as a kid, all of it sounds so lovely to me. Now, I know that Paige has a story. She and her family lost everything in a house fire when she was a teen. And today, she told us about the resentment between her and her sister. And there was a scenario there that was still so raw, it brought tears to her eyes as she was pondering the question. Her heart is still so tender to the touch around that particular hurt. We all have them. Every last one of us has been hurt by a friend or relative, someone significant in our lives. None of us can avoid that kind of hurt. We try, you know, we try to inoculate ourselves somehow from relational pain. We think, I don't need anybody. I can do this life on my own. I'll be fine. And we may fool ourselves for a little while, but we can't get away from how we were created. 
embedded into our software, there's this wire that needs to be connected. It's got to be plugged in. It's the way we were made. We cannot shut it off forever. Believe me, I tried. For a while, I was shut off completely. And for a while, it worked. I was independent. I was earning money. I was making it. I felt like I didn't need anybody. But here's the problem. Any wall that you try to construct around a certain part of your heart, it's like the sensors are weak. And what I mean by that is this. You can't be selective in your wall building when it comes to your heart. The wall ends up going all the way around your heart. So it started affecting my work and coming out sideways in relationships that were just fine. I mean, that weren't, that didn't have anything to do with the fact that I had built up a wall. All sorts of other places and ways. I dreamed about living on a deserted island for a long time. But really, no matter where you go, you can't get away from yourself. You know what I mean? The problem was inside of me. No matter where I went, there I was. I couldn't get away from this ache, this pain, this resentment that I was nursing. So then I started really entertaining these suicidal thoughts. For a long time, I thought I was possessed, and I may very well have been before Jesus Christ took over my heart. Since that day, I've learned that the whole, if the Holy Spirit resides in your heart, then other spirits don't feel at home there. So if you've said yes to Jesus Christ's invitation into your own heart, you can be oppressed by an evil spirit, but not possessed by it. Phew, how do we get off talking about all the spiritual warfare stuff from beach trips and swimming pools and friendship? How did we get here? I don't know. I just go wherever the Spirit of God leads me. Seriously, friend, all I can tell you is my own experience. I was lost now I'm found. I was blind, now I see. I was bitter, but now there's a sweetness to my life that I did not think was possible this side of heaven. And I'm surrounded by women, not too many, but just a few close friends, which is even better, I've learned, who chase hard after truth and love me well and tell it like it is. This is a complete 180 from where I was a, a few years ago, which was basically an approval whore. Listen, you have to know, I am so not bragging on myself here when I talk about where I've come from or, or the fruit that I've seen God growing in me. I have nothing to boast about other than Christ crucified and resurrected, because that same resurrection power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that's the same power that's raised this scared little rejected wounded girl too from the pit of performance and fear of rejection. I don't have that wall up anymore. It's not there. I feel open-hearted and open-handed. Okay, I told Paige in the interview that I would read to you the uh, redeemed or regenerated side of the personality quiz. So the impaired side would be the easy breezy, people pleasy, and the redeemed side reads, As she grows in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, the easy breezy, people pleasy can start to honor her own heart. Find her own voice and discover the joy of giving to others from a place of gratitude rather than a need for approval. Ooh. Restored, regenerated, redeemed, she can trust God's providence to become a bold peacemaker like Esther, the queen who is willing to risk her life for her people as mediator before a pagan king. Love that. That is so enriching, isn't it? I hope you can see evidence of the Holy Spirit alive and kicking in you. In these areas, I know I can. And again, that's boasting on him. The praise goes straight back up to heaven. So to celebrate, I'm getting baptized with my husband. It's our 25th anniversary celebration, and you're invited. Well, not literally. I, I don't know that I could fit you, but I'm going to record it. We're going to be renewing our vows. This has been under works for um, two years ago. We started planning this. We're getting baptized in a friend's pool, and we're inviting our kids to get baptized with us. And like Paige said, you know, baptism, it's an outward expression of an inward profession. I'll keep you posted on the plans. I have my dear friend Loretta planning the whole thing. She's really good at all that stuff that I would not have a clue about. Flowers, decorations, refreshments. It's basically like planning a wedding. I'm so excited for that. Well, love, it's that time. 
I so enjoy being with you. I imagine your face as I'm speaking into this mic, and I'm praying that you're encouraged deep in the core of your being. Here's something to reflect on today. Isaiah 43:26 says, Review the past for me. Let's reason this together and work out the matter. This is so counter to what we hear in the world, in our hearts. You know, our hearts might fool us into thinking, like I was saying, just sweep the past under the rug. Don't talk about anything. But it's better to reason it with the Lord. Work it out. If you have resentment in your heart and you feel like you can feel the wall being constructed brick by brick, or you feel like it's your resentment might be coming out sideways, I encourage you to get help. Call a good biblical counselor. Contact a professional. If you don't know where to go, ask your pastor or someone that you trust in your women's ministry for direction. It takes courage and time to look back, but sometimes it's the only way to move into your future and open your heart to people again. Paige's charity of choice is RafikiFoundation.org. I'll link to that in the show notes so you don't have to write it down while you're swimming laps. Rafiki Foundation, they have missionaries all, or listen to this list. They have missionaries in Ethiopia, Ghana, Kenya, Liberia, Malawi, is that how you say it? Malawi, Nigeria, Rwanda, Tanzania, Uganda, and Zambia. Sounds like an amazing thing. Go check out Rafiki Foundation. Just another way for you to live out love. Till next time, bye love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented rock star, keyboard player, producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back, and we'll talk more about how you can find your happy by living life more connected. Okay, ready?